This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 142 of the Dressage Radio Show. Welcome to the show. Chris Stafford here in Wellington, Florida, in the unusual situation of actually being with one of my co-hosts for the second week running, JJ Tate. Great to have you back on the show. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I'm really excited to be back and Happy New Year to everybody out there since it's like, I have, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year since it's been a little while. It has been a little while, but you know, this is fun. Last week I caught up with Heather Blitz, who's another co-host on the show, uh, making the most of being down here at Wellington and... Uh, um, and we did the show from her training center, and I did a little tour of Wellington. And this week, I found you in a beautiful corner of Wellington. It's, it's gorgeous out here. Your second home, isn't it? Absolutely. We are so thrilled. This is our second winter down here at Yellowbird Farm, owned by Elizabeth Gorosko Wolf, who's been a sponsor of mine. Um, she found a barn, and you know, she she was like, you know, I think I'm gonna buy a barn in Wellington, and I'm like. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. And then she's like, but it's kind of tucked away in Polo, you know, neighborhood. And I was like, well, you know, she, and she, she's like, it doesn't really look like the real, you know, hoity-toity Wellington, you know, the stucco. And, and she goes, it's a little Key Westish. And I'm like, I don't even know what that, what that is. Okay. Sounds fine, you know. <laughs> so we, we got out here and it's like beautiful flowers. And she's done an amazing job giving it a whole facelift. And it's a beautiful, just normal wood barn, but really open. Um, the horses are so happy. They all can stick their heads out. And um, it was an 18-stall barn. And, of course, we decided that we should have three. We should change it to take four stalls away and put three wash stalls and three grooming stalls. So it's kind of like in a nice L shape that the whole center is kind of in the middle. And then, of course, I thought 14 horses would be plenty. And now we have a tent in the back with four more stalls. So we're up at 18 and we got a few more down the street. So it's uh, plenty of horses. Well, yes. we're going to talk about those in a minute. But of course, on this week's show, I took advantage of being down here in Wellington to visit the Danish rider, Michaela Gunderson at home. So we're going to have a nice little at home piece later on in the show. And I also, of course, and we're going to talk about this later, JJ, I visited the Global Dressage Festival's brand new facility here, which kicked off with its first competition last weekend and uh, caught up with the press officer, Jamie Saltz. She's going to uh, show me a around and also we're going to hear Ashley Holtz you know the Canadian rider she's based down here in the winter uh, like so many smart dressage riders <laughs> and <laughs> she's going to uh, tell us her, what she thought of this facility not not least of all because she picked up a couple of blue ribbons along the way <laughs> but it also uh, was interesting to hear what a Grand Prix rider's uh, reaction to this beautiful beautiful facility so we're going to hear all of that about that on this week's show but first of all I want you to take us around this as you say a little bit more than 18 stalls here it is gorgeous you're you are in polo land but it's nice and breezy i just drove out here this afternoon jj and where we are in downtown wellington it, it's it's warmer than you know it's a very hot day anyway but you've got a nice breeze it's more open down and airy isn't it absolutely it's a wonderful area um and what's kind of special about it is it's not necessarily really, really windy, but there's always a beautiful breeze coming through. And just, you know, I don't really know that much about feng shui, but there's just a really <laughs> wonderful energy here on the property. My um, Elizabeth, my sponsor, she lives right on the property, so she has a nice little house when you first drive in. And it's only five acres, but it feels oh, wow. so much bigger than that. We've got, you know, it's kind of central with the arena in the middle and all my girls um, can see me in the arena. They can kind of hear the lessons. We've got the paddocks sort of surrounding the whole property, a round pen in the back, and a beautiful where we're sitting, a beautiful yes. party room. We call it the party room, but um, we've got a big screen TV. We can watch lessons. We have uh, clinics and we have lunches in here, and uh, it's just wonderful. The first time I got here, I started to cry. Because it, was, it was truly a dream come true. It's my 11th winter down here, but 
This is really exciting to finally have, you know, a central location for Team Tate to be down uh, in the south yeah. for, the, for the winter. Yeah, this is beautiful. As JJ says, we are in a nice clubhouse. As, well, I would say it was a clubhouse. Yeah. It's your party room. <laughs> it's your clubhouse. And it, it's very horse-friendly. It's very human-friendly yeah. here. And that is, of course, the ideal environment when you're working horses that you want to train up through the levels and yeah. you've got clients coming. So you want to give a good impression, obviously, when you've got clients coming. Well, exactly. And it's really, we've got a wonderful patio um, right outside the, the club room where everyone can sort of, you know, work on their computer if they want to. Husbands of the wives that are riding can hang yeah. out dads, you know, who don't, who kind of get a little boring with the 20 meter circle again <laughs> situation. Um, but it's great too, because there's enough, um, you know, space around the arena. You can watch the lessons or be involved in the arena, but even when you're not directly in or right near the arena, you're still sort of part of the whole, uh, the whole group, you know, the, the stables right near the arena, the arena is not so far away from the patio. Like you can never, you never have to be on top of each other, but yet everyone kind of has enough space to sort of, uh, be in their own, uh, spot. It's, it was really just a beautiful place that Elizabeth picked and she's a famous artist. She was a sculptor. So she kind of has like this artist's eye, um, and I always have known that with the riding, she um, owns the horse Fabergé that I've been successful with in the small tour. And, you know, she really understands how to bring, you know, make something out of, you know, just a raw material because she was a sculptor. So she kind of knows like what to build something into something beautiful is like. And I think she's really done it with this place, too. I mean, she still jokes with me sometimes she'll be in her lesson and I'm, you know, making her, you know, do, you know, more bend in the half pass or something. And she's like, I think I need to change that bush over there. That's not the, you know, <laughs> I mean, she really has a beautiful eye for the property and has done just a wonderful job. And we're, we're all really thrilled. And I've got my grooms that uh, can stay. They live on the property. And one of my junior riders who's actually related, uh, Caroline Adams, she brings her RV and parks that in the back. So we're just like a happy little community you back really here. You are, aren't you? <laughs> and Fridays, we all take the horses out for hacks. So we go out for an hour on the dirt roads and we just make a big uh, square. And it's just so nice to be in that environment that you can just head down the road and it's gravel road and you can just go out for as long as you want and it's all horse friendly and safe so that's really important to us too yeah that really is good for everybody and and it certainly is everywhere i've gone jj the past two weeks i've been <laughs> down here you know you trip over horses and uh, you know in a nice way you know yeah. you've got all these different disciplines that are mixing you know, cohabiting very friendly there and... is no place on earth like wellington <laughs> florida i mean and it's i'm getting the chills even talking talking about it because it's has been magical from the first I'm originally from the Midwest and from Wisconsin so it was even magical of course then coming from Wisconsin to come into we call it Disney Disney World for horse people I mm -hmm. mean it's incredible but even now every year we drive down and I always drive behind the horses because I'm a total control freak <laughs> and I have to like load them up and unload them myself and make sure everyone's drinking and everyone's okay but every time we drive into town and it says Wellington horse capital of the world. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it just is. And it just is such a wonderful place to call, you know, your, your winter home. And I, I just feel so fortunate. It's no place like earth, no place like it. It is. It is. And I'm not going to upset my friends back in Kentucky who think uh, right. that Kentucky's and Lexington is the horse capital of the world. Yes. Yes. But this is absolutely also a beautiful, beautiful place. Also a beautiful place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now tell us about the horses that you've got here. You should say this is like 11 seasons. You've been bringing your team yes. down here. What, what does your team comprise of right now? JJ? Well, we have, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty neat. I mean, every year, everyone sort of makes coming to Florida a, a priority. I've got um, Debbie Dalsick from Canada, who's from Thunder Bay. She's brought four horses down here this winter, and she's been a client for, you know, almost 10 years. We were laughing about that the other day. And then uh, my real successful young rider, Katie Foster, is also from Wisconsin. She was the top young rider in the country last year. Um, and so she's down here competing and, and hoping to make one more bid for the team this year. And I've got my working student, uh, Caitlin Blythe, who's also going to do the Young Riders, and um, Carolyn Adams, who's my, a junior rider that rides with me. And 
you know, then just, you know, tons of clients from, from, from all over the place, you know, Long Island and Illinois. And it's just great to sort of everywhere where I kind of clinic all, all year and sort of visit everybody in these different places. We all sort of come down to Wellington. So everybody, you know, it's a fun time to be able to grow the horse in the training, really focus on your riding. There are so many learning opportunities down here. Scott Hasser comes to my place. I'm now riding with Debbie McDonald a little bit. Um, it's just, I just feel incredibly fortunate to have access to these people, but there's just no place else that you can just have everybody in the same town. And, you know, um, I'm friends with Stefan, so he's really busy helping the team a lot this year. So unfortunately, I don't get that many lessons anymore this year. But, you know, he's still really open to let me watch or, you know, we can talk over dinner about the horse, you know, and you think he's going to stop over and see my new horse, which is really exciting. Um, so it's just it's just an incredible place to be. And just I've got a great group of great group of clients. I just couldn't be couldn't be more proud of and, and happy to have here. I can't imagine it would be too hard, you know, inviting people from Thunder Bay and Wisconsin to come down here <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the winter. <laughs> it doesn't take too much arm twisting. No, I'll bet it doesn't. And it's been an exciting year this year because um, also my assistant, Ashley Perkins, who's a terrific rider, um, we've sort of got a, a little um, annex barn just down the street, two minutes, just a little hack down the road. And so she's sort of um, starting to take more horses and clients that I just didn't have time for. And people that are still under our umbrella and still can ride with me as well, but I can't get over there more than like once a week. So that's been really fun to sort of see it expand. And Ashley is just a super rider and a great girl. So that's been fun to see her sort of grow into that as well. So it's great. Well, when I arrived, you were coming back from a hack with a new chestnut pony. Tell us <laughs> yes. about this new mare you have. And everyone who knows me knows that I just, of course, it's a chestnut. And <laughs> but this time it's a mare, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's a funny story. Uh, Carolyn Rothman had her for sale and she had texted me, happened to be in December, uh, the, like the second and you weekend. you had something going on. I, I was a little gym. busy that mm. weekend, actually getting married mm. to Richard Malmgren, um, who actually works with Scott Hassler up in Maryland. But we were getting married that weekend and, and Carolyn had said, you know, I've got a really great horse. She just got here. She's a beautiful, you know, sensitive mare and she needs a great rider. And I thought of you, you know, you should really come over and see her. And I'm like, I would love to. I'm a little busy this weekend. And so that was kind of funny. But um, I soon went after and, and I rode her and um, loved her from the minute I sat on her and um, rode her again, obviously. And then we brought her over for the vetting and it was a really busy day. And there's polo, you know, every now and again, there's some scary polo going on behind the bushes. And so she was, you know, interested in it, but never took a bad step. And so, um, Tim Ober is my vet down here and he's like, so can you, can you ride her? And I'm like, well, did you guys bring a saddle? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just find a saddle that fits her. And so we, she borrowed everybody's clothes and we, we went out and she did not put a foot wrong. She's got the most amazing temperament I have ever worked with. She is so smart, so interested in the riding, always listening and she always has, tries she has hard. Smart parents too, doesn't she? Yes, she's a Sir Donner Hall, um, which I was excited to see. Uh, Richard and I last year took a trip uh, to visit his his family in Sweden, and then we also went to the Bundeschampionat uh, last fall. Not this last year, but the year before, and we saw a lot of really nice Sir Donner Halls. And I thought that's interesting. I like that. You know, elegant and. Um, and then she's uh, Rosenthal on her mother's side, which goes back to Rubenstein, which is also really known for the writability. So she was imported, and actually the breeder um, took a bunch of eggs and sort of because of her bloodlines, you know, took, you know, wanted those bloodlines in her program and then decided to, to sell the horse. So I, um, I feel really fortunate to have an exciting new new horse so when i feel like a... i'm 12 again i like <laughs> just love her <laughs> just like being a little girl with your pony know, again. completely That's so, funny. so when will she get in the show ring well i think we're gonna take it easy um she when i tried her out you know i of course you know having uh competed at fairden you know that's always would be an amazing thing to have happen again but you know it never works out if you buy a horse for a specific goal so you know, if that, you know, that's just so not on my radar at this point. I love riding her. 
She loves to be ridden and she needs to develop more, but I think she's an absolute, just wonderful, wonderful horse to work with and see where it goes. I'm not going to, you know, I'd like to maybe show her probably by the end of the season just to see where we are. When I tried her out the second time, I definitely, you know, tried the counter canter, canter walk. And it was really cute. Caroline was like, well, that's the first time she's done that. That looked pretty good. You know, it was cute, you know, because I just wanted to ask her some questions. I didn't know how she would react to these, you know, can you, can you counter canter? Can you make a walk transition? How about a little half pass idea? And she was like, game for everything. She's like, okay, I can do that. I'm like, oh my God, I have never ridden a five-year-old, actually officially four and a half. That was so lovely to answer all my questions that I asked her, sure, counter canter, I can do that. I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. So um, wherever that leads us, you know, of course I, I support and, and enjoy the young horse program. Um, but I'm not gonna, you know, do anything that's detrimental to her future to, you know, do something for my show goal. So we're just going to take it easy and see where it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, going to the young horse program, uh, would be fun. Jamie Salt took me around. She's the communications director for this brand new global dressage festival here in Wellington, right across the street from the Winter Equestrian Festival. Jamie, the first horse has just gone in the arena. Brand spanking new, Chris, in this arena. There's been a lot of interest. We're very happy about that because, I mean, it's a beautiful facility. It, it's an opportunity to bring uh, world-class dressage to another area in Florida. So we're just thrilled and, and we've had a lot of interest. Well, let's uh, take a tour of this facility because it is going to be really the equivalent to what the jumpers have in the, the Winter Equestrian Festival across the road. Same management team. Yes, pretty much. There are a few employees that are, were hired additionally that are specific to dressage, but yes, it's the same organization, the parent organization. All right, well, let's do a little tour here. We're overlooking the main arena. There are so many rings all around us, aren't there? And this is the International Arena. This is where the main uh, CDI competitions will be held, our five-star at the end of March, our CDIO in, in mid-April. This is where the featured classes will be. And then um, uh, on the other side, you'll see we'll have three additional arenas for the national show. Because we have four separate national shows, but then we also have five national shows that run concurrently with the CDI show. This is a very ambitious start to a new venue, isn't it, Jamie? It's, it is exciting. We're going to have a walk over there in a minute. But just to give people a sense of this arena that you're describing as the International Arena, it has a row of flags down the long side there. Flags are flying already, even though the, the bleachers right now are empty. Um, it's just, we've only just seen the first horse in. So we've got bleachers down the long side. We've got bleachers on the short side, on, only on one short side, not behind the judges there, though. Correct. That's going to be a main entrance, and then we're going to have exhibitions there for the public, and it'll be beautiful. Um, and then on this side, we have the Patrons Club, uh, similar to the International Club over at the WEF. Right, and that is the whole of the long side. So this is a permanent building, is it, that we're looking at, Jamie? Permanent for this year. Future plans are to build an even better building. Okay, and then you've got the patrons, so you can take care of your important guests here. And you also have a very nice press office down this end. Yes, we're happy that we were able to uh, repeat what's over in the WEF building. They're attached to the International Club. We felt it was important to give them access to everybody that they need to talk to, as well as a good vantage point for watching the competition. Well, they certainly have that. Now, just to put this in context of Wellington, we are, as, as we said, adjacent to the Winter Equestrian Festival here on Pearson Road, and uh, this road out right out here is a kind of crossroad. So it's a it's a very easy access, and it's right behind, I believe, the Players Club. If we turn around, Jamie, right behind us, we've got a lovely green space. Makes me want to get on a horse and ride around there. What is it? Okay, that's the Derby Field, and we actually have competitions there, and that is the Players Club. You're correct. Well, this is, of course, phase one of. A development Mark Bellissimo is heading up, and there's a lot of controversy about the plans, uh, you know, that he has in terms of the, the hotel and the the retail facility, the mall he wants to build, and uh, discussions going on as we speak. Um, but for now, the competition facility is the priority. So why don't you take us around the other side of the arena, Jamie, and we'll take a look at what um, you're doing with the stabling and also uh, the other side of these bleachers. 
Okay, well, as you mentioned, right now we're in front of the International Arena, and we're about to walk over to where the other three competition arenas will take place, and also there's a warm-up arena in that huge space that you see right there. And then over to the right are the two barns, 100 stalls in each barn, 12 by 12 stalls, and with plenty of aeration. And then the future plans are to have two more uh, barns similar to that, so that will have a total of 400 stalls. And then uh, over here uh, we have the horse show office building and then the massive covered arena. That-, yeah, that, that is huge, and that, just to put it in context, that is directly behind the long side where Jamie and I are standing right now with the patron's tent to, to our right. We're on the corner of the long side facing uh, the this massive, as you say, indoor arena, which no doubt can get bleachers in there. I mean, apart from, I don't know how many arenas you'd get in there, Jamie. Do you know the size of it? Well, they're going to put in, it's actually going to be it be just like this, this international arena, and then they're hopefully going to have uh, seating someday. But for And so the plans are there if everything goes well. But for now, it's just a schooling arena, so you can actually have, you know, one full size, or you can make it into. But it's it's very similar to um, the one over at Jim Brandon. Um, and then also, I wanted to show you that this is the vendor area right here, so uh, people will be able to come in and do their shopping. Yep. Right on on the top level here, behind the bleachers on the short side, as uh, Jamie has described, there's a big concrete apron here. I, I was over here the other day, Jamie, and they were literally pouring the concrete as we stood here. It couldn't be newer than this. And behind it, as Jamie described, this is massive arena that will be broken into what did you say? Four arenas? Three. three uh, competition arenas and then one warm-up arena and then as we face we're facing the east aren't we now and i think that is the polo island isn't it right across that's a residential island yes that's correct there has been some opposition to this facility and i I think it's primarily coming from the residents who are overlooking this but no, no doubt they could put up a berm and, and some trees and you know but it can't be a bad view actually even if you don't like his horses to look at horses i i don't know who is actually complaining or any part about that but i do know that i would give anything to be in one of those houses myself i would love to just be able to sit out on my veranda and watch competition world-class competition happening every week i would love it so i just think it's terrific we're getting into this first competition here you've got uh, thursday friday saturday sunday of competition mixture of national and international classes small fields but as you would expect wouldn't you i mean you know the grass is not growing yet Uh, yes i think everyone is waiting to see how this weekend goes and um we have like we have a kickoff uh uh happening for our show the 16th to the 19th it's another cdi show and national show and we expect to have more entries at that point because it everything here should be in working order we're actually turning around now. We're looking back across the international arena towards the, what will be the main entrance and also, I believe, where the plans are for the hotel and the mall and that sort of thing. Jamie, they will be over there in front of us. Well, the hotel will be actually where that white tent is and then actually the retail space will be where that tiki hut is. So it'll be uh, and because we want it uh, on both sides there. Right. So, And it will all be down that, that, yeah, that side of the ar- arena. Correct. So this will be, as, you, as we said, the second phase of development here, and so that will be alongside the road, and I imagine convenient for everybody. You really thought of everything here for the public and for the competitors. And just tell us about the footing, though, before we go, because we know that the footing is the single most important thing for, to attract the competitors. Yes, um, the footing is by Equestrian Services International, um, and they are renowned for their footing, and it's a combination of silica sand, fiber, and I believe cotton, uh, but everybody seems very happy with the footing. That uh, We had a test rider yesterday go, and they just love it, and we've heard nothing but good things. Terrific. Okay, well, you're in for a very exciting season here, Jamie. It, it, this must be thrilling for you as a press officer to see this facility unfold and, and what uh, you can expect here and the dressage community that you hope it's going to attract. Well, like I said, we, we've heard nothing but great things. Everyone is so excited about the future and the vision of what's planned here, and I personally, I get goosebumps every time I step <laughs> on the site because if... Every day, it's it more and more are fi- uh, uh, is finished, and it's just a wonderful facility. So, uh, 
as we get into the season here, this is the first one, and the season will end exactly when, Jamie? Um, our final show is April 15th, uh, 12th to the 15th, and that's um, with our Nations Cup, the CDIO, and it's the only one in the West- Western Hemisphere outside of the Olympics, so we're thrilled to have it. Well, really kicking off in style here, and if people can find out more about the Global Dressage Festival by going to the website, can you give them that address, Jamie? Yes, it's uh, www.globaldressagefestival.com. Jamie, I want to thank you for showing me around. I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll watch this with interest and get updates from you and report on the competitions in the exciting weeks ahead. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Well, JJ, as I said, you've got these fabulous facilities on your, in your backyard now when you're down here. When do you get to go over to the Global Dressage Festival showground? Well, we were already once uh, my young rider showed over at Jim Brandon, so that was kind of like our starter show. And she did really well there winning the young rider classes and um, we've sort of been driving around <laughs> for weeks now, the Global Dressage Festival showgrounds, because it's on my way to my barn. So every night we sort of see them working diligently with the lights on, you know, trying to get it ready. And all I saw, you know, a month ago was this huge pile of footing, you know, that every week got a little smaller and a little smaller. And so, you know, on the way home from work, you know, around 5.30 or 6, like, I've been taking like a weekly tour, you know, like I just drive back in there and I'm like, what, what's going on back here? And it is amazing. We are so excited. I mean, you know, what WEF has done for the show jumpers has been incredible. And many years ago, you know, we were all invited, you know, there was dressage shows at WEF, which is the winter equestrian festival. And it, it, it was amazing hunters and jumpers and, and dressage. It was exciting. And it was a really neat overall horse culture. But then as it sort of grew and grew and grew, it sort of got a little too big to include the dressage shows. And um, Jim Brennan's been a nice place to go. And White Fences is always uh, where the Derby's held. That's also a good showgrounds. But this, to have a place that's going to be truly focused on dressage is just incredible. We are just you know, and I think I speak for a lot of dressage enthusiasts in Wellington. We're thrilled. We're really thrilled to have something like that at our at our for our access. Yeah, just five minutes down the road. So when's your first competition there? Well, I think my young rider is going to go. Uh, we just talked about signing up for the next show uh, okay. in the middle of February in a couple right. weeks. So we sort of all been asking all our friends and text messaging everybody. So what did you think? What did you think? You know, because always the question is with a new facility, what's the footing like? What's the energy of the property? You know, are And in this case, are they still doing construction? You know, what's going on with half of the arena is finished. But the outdoor is amazing. It's top-notch footing, some of the best footing in the whole world. The stabling is wonderful, permanent, you know, barns with with good size stalls and it's just thrilling it's just really thrilling well ashley holzer of course put it all to the test this past weekend and as i said earlier came away with some blue ribbons and i caught up with her after she finished the uh, grand prix special at the weekend and got her reaction you really christened this facility uh, ashley I feel very lucky to be here. They've built an incredible facility for us, and I think um, all the dressage riders should be incredibly grateful that we have such a state-of-the-art facility right here in North America, in Wellington, Florida, where a lot of us keep our horses for uh, part of the year. They've done a great job. The footing was super. The main ring was super. Um, Of course, it's not done yet, but I think when it's done, it's going to really probably be one of the nicest venues that I've ever seen. Well, it is uh, obviously still in construction. We've got lots going on around us here. But how did it affect your horses, though? It seems you you, you were in a little island here. They calmed down all the the construction noise around you so you could concentrate. You know, I think you... um you need to be able to ride when there's a lot going on around you. You go to big events. People are not quiet in the stands. They're going up and down, clattering down the bleachers. Um, there's a lot going on. I, I really think that you can protect yourself and, you know, realize that, okay, maybe you can only go into the small facilities where it's quiet, but that's not the real world. If you really want to do this at the top, the real world is busy, really busy. And we were laughing because we, you know, a few people were complaining yesterday about too many things going on, and then we went over to... Um, we have to see the jumping and you know those horses are cantering up to five and a half foot fences with everything going on and things flying around and they don't even take a look so you know at the end of the day I think we get a little spoiled as dressage riders and our horses have to learn to go no matter what. 
Well, as you say, this is a fabulous facility to have at your disposal. You're based down here for the season, aren't you, Ashley? I am. I'm, I have my farm, and it's actually very close, so it's, uh, it's wonderful for me. I mean, it couldn't really be more convenient. We were riding horses, showing horses yesterday and hacking them home, so it was really pretty nice for the horses. That's really convenient. So obviously we saw Popart doing the Grand Prix, winning that, and then the, the special. You chose to do the special instead of the freestyle. For the Olympics, we, the qualifications for Canada, we have to ride two specials. So I sort of wanted to get them um, out of the way. Uh, my freestyle, I have a new freestyle that I will be debuting in March. So uh, I really wanted to be able to concentrate and tweak that. So I thought it better that I bring it out in March and when it's really sort of almost ready, and then I'll just tweak it a little bit. Um, and then it will be the decision which horse wants to go to London. So uh, that's my next decision. Nice to have a choice. Well, you had some national rides here this weekend, christening this new facility. Tell us how they went. Uh, they actually went very, very well. Um, a friend of mine, she came in from Costa Rica, and uh, unfortunately she had to travel this week. So I, she wanted to have the horse here at this beautiful facility and see how he was. And I rode the St. George and the Inter one on him, and he was awesome. He um, was formerly owned by a IMCA. Uh, Bartles, who's a good friend of mine, and uh, yeah, he was just super. So I took him around, and then uh, another client of mine bought a young, well, not a young horse, a new horse, so it's a new horse for her. And again, she just wanted to see how he would be at this facility, and he came in here and was a little spooky in the beginning, um, and then a complete rock star and won the Pre-St. George with a huge score. So I I cannot be more thrilled. I've had a great weekend. Um, I really attribute it, A, to I have an incredible team that works with me, Um, my uh, goddaughter, Lindsay, who's just, I, I cannot send her more praise. She is beyond wonderful, and she really keeps it together for me. You know, she says, you show up here, you get on this one, you do this test. Uh, she's really on top of it. So, um, you know, I'm lucky to have the people that I have around me, um, and I'm lucky to have such a great team. And now uh, with this great facility and the great footing, I... Uh, just have to ride well, which I didn't really do that well in the center line at the very end, rats, but the rest was awesome. <laughs> oh, well. So this is going to be a regular venue for you while you're based down here in Wellington. Obviously, they've got a terrific series uh, during this first season for themselves. And now, how long will you be down here in Wellington? And, and then when do you head north back to calendar, Canada? And give us a sense of your program then leading up to the games Ashley well, I'm going to um, I'm going to stay down here until I think the middle of April there's a big show between the 12th and the 15th of April um, I travel back and forth um, I'm based right now my family's in New York um, so we go I fly back and forth to New York a lot um, and then it will really be depending on um, where my horses are sitting as far as when I go over to Europe and, and start working over there. Uh, Chef and Anki were going to be coming over here, but unfortunately that didn't work out, which was quite sad because it would have been wonderful to have them both here. Um, but they were both very supportive, and they were sending me, you know, great emails the other day, which is really, really nice. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'll stay down here to the middle of April, and then depending on how they're sitting, decide whether it's the right thing to go to Europe sort of beginning of May, or should I wait to June? Um, it's a little tricky because it gets quite warm here, so we'll really see how the horses deal with the heat. Um, and the, the great thing about the way Canada has set up their criteria they really don't push you to do show after show after show. They allow you to get scores as long as one of the scores is after March. But they don't say, okay, you have to show five more times between March and the Olympics. They really do allow you to make your own decision to, as to what is best for your horse, which I think is really smart. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to play it by ear. And I, I, like I said, I have the support of Canada with my marks already. And I just show again in March and then decide what's the right program for each horse. Well, finally, Ashley, given these beautiful facilities here, you've fully tested them both in the international and national classes. What would you say to people who maybe have heard about this uh, to encourage them to come here in future? It's an, uh, it's, it's an incredible facility. It, it's, it's real, I've shown all over the world. I don't, think, I don't think I've not shown anywhere. I've shown everywhere from Sweden to Germany to Holland to China to, you know, everywhere. So 
for me, it's probably one of the nicest facilities and, and will be. I mean, right now, okay, it's not completely finished, but still, the warm-up ring and the main ring are, are state-of-the-art. They're top, 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 top. Every walkway is nice sand. There's nice um, railings in between the walkways, so you don't have golf carts flying by you and people flying by you. They've really thought of everything, in my opinion. Um, they haven't made things close and tight and claustrophobic. They've brought the lovely part of Florida, which is open and lovely and free, and really worked on that. I, I really a- applaud them in their design. Um, but not only their design as far as making it look beautiful, it's beautiful for these horses. The stalls are gorgeous. They're gorgeous. You know, I was joking that my clients are going to all come home and demand these, stabling, these sort of stables at home. Um, they, the mats, the matting in the stalls is so lightweight. We were picking it up because we couldn't believe how cushy it was, and it's lightweight. So we were all on the Internet last night trying to find out where we can buy the mats. So, you know, I, they're ahead of us, um, and we do this every day, 365 days a year. So Mr. Bellissimo has done an incredible job, and his team is obviously hardworking. Um, they're always having a smile on their face. And, and again, I'd like to support them. They have put in a lot of money for dressage and that old... Uh, saying, you know, if you build it, they will come. They will come. People will see this, and they will want to be here. Because at the end of the day, you get the best performance out of your horse when it's in a good stall, when it's on good footing. We pay enough for these animals to make sure that they're being trained and being shown in a way that that shows their best. And I think this facility brings out the best in horses. Certainly does. Well, there's fine testament here from uh, Ashley Holt. So congratulations on uh, christening it in style, Ashley, and good luck for the rest of the season. We hope to catch up with you in Greenwich. Oh, I can't wait. Actually, I can't wait. I really hope to be there too. And, uh, you know, like I said, congratulations to uh, everybody that's put this place together. And again, thank you for all the publicity because without you guys, we also would not get our word out. So I thank you as well for coming up. Well, JJ, you're thoroughly spoiled. I, I am. You, I you told feel... me you're a married woman. What, what more do you want? You've got a new pony. A Grand Prix horse. <laughs> ah, yes. Doesn't every dra- exactly. rider want a Grand Prix horse? I like to ride on the team as well. <laughs> oh, well, but... you know, got to have dreams and exactly. goals. Exactly. Right? No, I feel really fortunate uh, for everything. And I just, uh, I had done a little interview for um, the Sidelines magazine. And they were like, how do you survive the season? And, you know, they'd asked um, James Gilchrist, my farrier. And so everyone kind of had these different ways they, you know, get through the season. And I said, you know, it's just about every day waking up and being just full of gratitude that the sun is shining, horses are healthy, and it's not snowing outside, you know. <laughs> so I feel just so fortunate to to have a place like this to call home for the winter and, you know, wonderful, wonderful clients and, and supporters of the of you know what I you know what I teach here and just it's just been really exciting and now you know Elizabeth when she first bought the property thought well we're kind of over in polo property and I, which is great you know I got to make some friends with the neighbors to go gallop around on their polo field a little <laughs> bit because I'm sure my dressage horses would love that but then as the new dressage grounds uh, are starting to get finished we're like wow that's like five minutes down the street we were in we're in prime country so it's been really lucky how everything's worked out and so and we're excited. It, and it means that so many different disciplines can gather here for the season and beyond. A lot of people are staying year-round yes, now. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, even my – I've got a lot of event riders that come down. A lot of times they would only come for January and work on their show jumping and their dressage. And, you know, I think with um, Wellington making a bid for the World Equestrian Games at some point, hopefully they'll be able to really include, you know, all the sports, which would be really exciting that – uh, everybody could come and winter down here. Well, dressage has got it made. Jumpers have vaulting, of course. That's easy enough. Raining, no problem. Polo, yeah. um, all we have to do. I mean, endurance would be pretty easy around here too with yeah. all the uh, yeah. trail rides you have, uh, um, miles and miles of it. So we just need to uh, find a cross-country course. And I think uh, the organizers uh, of uh, WEF and, and the new dressage facility, that's Equestrian Sports, Inc., they already have plans for yeah. a cross-country course. Exactly. And now 
having the short format, it's a lot easier to find uh, land, I'm sure. So sooner or later, everybody's going to be gathering down here. Now, we talked about people who are basing themselves year-round and not just coming down for the season, JJ, and one of those people is Danish rider Mikala Gundersen, and I was able to uh, catch up with her at home and uh, visit her wonderful facilities in the heart, just off Wellington Trace. It really is the middle of the mecca of dressage world in the winter, isn't it, Mikella? Yes, that sure is. This is where everybody wants to go. And tell us how long you've been based here in Wellington. This is my eighth uh, season here. Um, I came from Denmark um, over seven years ago and uh, with my family, my husband and our two children, and we just um, gave it a shot. And this uh, obviously is a natural home for you. You've got a wonderful facility here. And um, you're going to take me for a tour around the facility in a moment. Let's get a sense of who Michaela was before she left Denmark. How did you get into the sport? Oh, I was six years old. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted to do. I, I just had to wait till I was six before I was allowed to get on a pony in the local pony club. And I just stayed with it, and I never got tired of it. Um, I went into the... We have a a very uh, strict Danish education uh, to become um, a certified trainer, and I went through that. I have been with some fantastic people um, through through the years, and my husband, who's a jumper rider, and I, we we ran uh, a facility in uh, Copenhagen. And, and how did you meet him? Because his jumper's your dressage. Yeah, we were we went to school together. To um, during our education, we have to go to school um, to you know to learn all about. Actually, we have to learn to shoe a horse, and we have I mean all kinds of um, veterinary care and uh, how to build stables. I mean, it's a very uh, broad spectrum of. Uh, um, yeah, stuff that we need to learn. So we have to go there for that. Was we were there for four months. Um, so yeah, we were there at the same time, <laughs> and that's many many years ago. So. So what made you decide to move over here? Because uh, I know Denmark's pretty far north, but you've easy access to the German shows. Yes, and we lived in German Germany for several years. Uh, we lived there for about uh, four years. Um, and uh, and enjoyed it. That was before we had our children. And then once we had our first child, we decided we wanted to go back to Denmark. So we were closer to grandparents and family in general. Um, and then we, yeah, how old were the kids? The youngest one was four. And my husband and I was on vacation here in Florida. And we just... We just decided this is this was going to be our future home. I would never ever have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> well, your English is absolutely impeccable, of course, being based here for so long, Michaela. Um, well, we want to talk about the facilities that you have here in Florida. You're, are you here all year round now? Yes, I am. I uh, I have a, a, a training facility here. We have both dressage and, and jumpers. Uh, mostly dressage horses year-round, as my husband travels to Europe a lot with his client in the summer. Um, so the, the jumpers are mostly here for the winter. We have uh, the horse gym business as well, where the treadmills for horses that we sell. And those were the, actually the main reason that we went here to begin with. I had small children. I was trying to not ride so much anymore. I thought it was, I had so much to do in Denmark, and I thought it would be great to come here and just enjoy my life with one horse and two kids. And then my husband would be traveling around selling the treadmills. But things changed. <laughs> we were going to get back in the saddle soon and have a barn full of horses. And yeah. This is How many acres do you have on this property? I. I think we have five acres here. Well, you are right in the heart of it all, as I said. Uh, so let's describe the, the, the property, uh, Michaela. Let's just uh, stand up here and turn around and, and have a look. You've, right here in front of us, you've got your house, obviously. Um, and and now it looks like you've got a studio there, have you? Yeah, that's my daughter. She likes to paint. Oh. So, yeah, so she uses a patio to, uh, to paint. She goes to, uh, to an art school, and, and that's, that's what she wants to do. Um, but that's yeah, that's our house, and then we have the courtyard, and here we are in the office right now. Behind us, we have 
um, a, a pretty big uh, building where we have uh, our staff and friends and clients, and we have many people living here. And uh, yeah, and then we have the barn, 21 stalls. We have one big arena uh, that we have to share. There's not enough room to have both a jumper and a dressage arena, but it's big enough that we can split it. So I have my uh, normal size dressage arena, and then we have the jumps on the other side. And sometimes the jumpers will move in on my side a little bit. <laughs> but it actually works really well. And we're lucky because we're so, we are like right, as you say, in the middle of Wellington. I have, I'm four minutes away from Publix. I'm four minutes away from the, from WEF showgrounds. And, um, and we still, my son can ride his bike to school in three minutes. I mean, we're so close. And still we have, uh, seven paddocks and you know big arena and 21 stalls here so um, it's 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 really quite amazing actually going back to your children you have to give us the names and the ages of, of both your children both in school yes claudia is my oldest she's um, 13 years old she goes in seventh grade at uh, back middle schools of the, of the arts in west palm beach and my son casper he's 11 and he goes to landings middle school here in sixth grade so do they get much of a chance to speak Danish, or is it only, only at home and then the rest of the day in, in American English? Exactly, yes. Yeah, you can't really... I, I'm, I'm always struggling, I feel, to get my tongue right and pronounce things right. But my children, you can't hear the difference. They, they're fluent in, in English and Danish. So we switch back and forth. We have a rule that when we're at home, we speak Danish, because I really think it's fun for the kids to be able to keep that language. And when we text each other, we text in Danish, so they also learn to write a little bit in Danish. You know, if they ever decide to go to school in Denmark, they would be able to pick it up quickly. What, do they have any horse interests? And my daughter, yes. Uh, she really likes to ride. She's uh, actually very talented. She doesn't have very much time because of her school. It's so far away. She comes home late. So she only, uh, she's only able to ride during weekends. But she both likes to jump and ride dressage. It's oh, a tough choice for her, but at least she has the options. She does, yes, certainly. My son, he is only interested in soccer. He's, he is on a typical boy. He's on the travel team every weekend. We have to drive him everywhere up and down the coast to, uh, to games, yeah. Well, that's it must be a juggling act for you with your riding, your husband's jumping and, and running the children around. It's, it's, it's very difficult, actually. Um, I, I'm so lucky that my parents, uh, they are here every January and February. So those are my busiest months. Once we get to March, I mean, March is also super busy, but it's kind of everything is a little bit more into a routine. And um, I, there are some great parents on the soccer team that are willing to take Casper to uh, a lot of those games because they understand I, I have to be at the horse shows. I'll be everywhere. Well, uh, obviously, we're here to talk about horses as well. So let's go over to the stables, and you can show me around there. Well, we're over at the stable area. It's a big block here, Michaela. When you first moved in, what did you have here? Uh, I, had, I had a big building with eight stalls in it. Originally, uh, the stable was built as a garage. Um, the, the person who, who built the house uh, and the barn uh, had, had, was only interested in cars. He was here in the middle of horse country. But, so I guess he, had, he, he built the barn so it looked like a horse barn in case he was ever going to sell it, which he did. And, uh, and the people who bought it from him, they put in eight stalls in this huge barn. And there were like two two stalls in each corner, and it was not very nice. I mean, and that obviously was why the place didn't sell because it was not a really nice um, uh, way to to do that. And out here we had this was a driveway up to the garage, and um, so we lifted that up and put in seven stalls out here under the roof because here in Florida we don't really need to have everything under. under I mean, it's under cover, but it's not closed in. So they're really wonderful open stalls here, very airy and, yes. and nice stalls. Yes. So how many stalls did you say we have all together? Yeah, we have 21 stalls. Um, we built them, we, we imported them all from Germany. It's all made in stainless steel and bamboo wood, um, which is, is incredibly strong and, you know, it doesn't rust. It doesn't, it, it, I mean, it's been here now for... Um, for two years, and you can't you can't tell it. It, it looks really good. 
Right. Well, let's get, take us around the horses because, you, as you said, you're having to uh, separate the jumpers and the uh, and the dressage here, so there's no confusion. How many grooms do you have? They are they are mixed a little bit, but um, but we do have a group. I think we have. Um, 11 jumpers at this point, and the rest are dressage horses. So, yeah, we have a little too many jumpers here right now. <laughs> you have to switch the balance, Michaela. All right, tell us about the staff you have to, to uh, take care of the horses in this facility. Yes, we, ha- uh, we have a, a bunch of, of um, people here. We have some um, uh, great, uh, great grooms. I mean, they have to be here because it's really hard to take care of the horses in Florida. I know from Europe, you know, you don't need as many grooms, uh, the, the problem here is that we have all kinds of with fungus and we get skin diseases and with the humidity and bacteria in the ground, we, they need a lot of care. So I have a lot of uh, every groom doesn't have very many horses to take care of. So um, so we we have a lot of people here. <laughs> I have Marcel, who is my main groom. Uh, he's he's the one who goes with me to horse shows, and he's also uh, a really good eye on the ground, and he can help me a little bit with the piaf passage on the ground, which is wonderful. And he's um, yeah, he's he he can drive the truck and the trailer, so it's really nice to have someone. It's a big relief for me. <laughs> and who else do you have on the ground here? We have some Europeans that uh, came came in with uh, one of the European riders, the rider who's here. Yeah, we have a couple of European riders, except me, but some that come over just for season. And they brought their own grooms. So we have people from Denmark and Germany and France. and Very, very European setting. All right, well, tell us about the horses that you're riding, Michaela. When I pulled into the facility here, you were teaching a, ho- a horse that's owned by someone, but you actually um, compete that horse. Yes, that horse is It's a big uh, mare, um, by Michelino. She is um, 12 years old. She's owned by Jana Rumbau, who bought her this past fall, and she's letting me uh, train the horse and ride it, and we'll see how far it'll take us. Um, I, t- I showed her one time in the small tour internationally, and she did really well. So now my next step is to, to get her in the big ring. So the, her name is My Lady, and I don't know her that well. I've only had her for a few months, but she's uh, she's a, a very, very good horse. And what other horses do you have? Um, I have um, a wonderful seven-year-old gelding uh, by Leonberg. Leonberg is a stallion I used to ride for the Danish team. And uh, uh, one of my owners here, she thought it would be fun to have one of his babies since he did so well and he was getting older. And we went to the breeding farm and and pick pick this one out and uh, he's very very talented so that's exciting now do you have a horse that could potentially make the team for this year's olympics i i think it's uh, the horse that i that i have uh, my lady is is talented enough but she's too green this year she's too green this year but um she definitely has the, t- the talent to uh, to make the danish team eventually Potentially the 2014 World Equestrian Games? That will be the goal. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about the other horses because you have so many. I know we have so many. We, ha- I mean, if we stay with the dressage horses for a little bit, we have three other Danish warmbloods. The, the first one I mentioned, my lady is a Danish warmblood, and I have three more Danish warmbloods, uh, all imported horses, um, two of them owned by... Um, uh, a Danish lady who's actually Canadian now. So she brings down three horses every year. Two of them are one American bred and two Danish bred horses. And then another client just bought a, a wonderful um, five-year-old Romanov baby. Romanov is the blue horse. Romanov is the one that Gal is riding now. So we thought that would be fun to get one of his offspring. So we, we got that one. And then I have... Um, Another American-bred uh, jazz horse, and then we have Pigel. I used to ride Pigel for Horses Unlimited, and I have one of his babies also. And uh, she's coming seven this year, and a very talented horse. She's already doing a lot of the difficult movements just for fun. All right, well, why don't you show me around? Well, we have one horse we're watching here on the treadmill. Michaela, who is this? This is Liberando. This is my uh, my seven-year-old uh, Leonberg gelding. 
he um, he he's one I've had for two years now, and he's showing third level, but he's doing everything for Prison George. I'm just taking it easy. He needs to get some more strength before I'm I'm taking him into anything bigger than third level. But it's it's a very very talented horse. He already shows great talent for Piaf Passage. Well, you're working on his fitness, as you can see. He's on a serious incline there, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is, and he needs that because he's very fresh today. And uh, so he wants to buck a little bit too much in the treadmill, and then we just give him a little more incline. Then he has something to focus on. <laughs> well, you've got it uh, the treadmill situated just in the barn here, so you can use it no matter what the weather. Exactly, and... and we normally have it outside uh, in the winter time. We just brought it in for the summer so that when we have rainy days and when it's really hot, we can have it in here and we can still get the horses out. And when it's very hot, I put a fan on so that the horses can you know, do their workout in a, in a comfortable um, temperature. Uh, but now I was so happy to have it in here that I actually decided to just keep it in here for the winter. Not very convenient. All right. Well, you've got the farrier at work down this end of the... Um uh, stable. Let's walk down here, and you can tell me who lives on this side of the barn. Yeah, this these are dressage horses here. We have uh, that was a Romanoff I was telling you about, and we have a seven-year-old Jazz offspring. I have a Don Primero mare there, um, also a lovely Prince George mare, and then we have our Pigel mare who is uh, getting her new shoes today. And this is my this is my lady who just got her ice boots on after her workout. So t- that is typical, is it? You'll stick them in ice after daily exercise? Not all of them, but the, but the horses that do the upper-level movements, yes, I like to do that. And how long would they have them on for? 20 minutes. And do they all go on the treadmill, or it de- depends if they're behaving on, on the day and need a bit more work? <laughs> They all go, but not every day, um, because it's a it's a it's a good workout. So I, uh, I I think the best program is to to use it like every three to four days. The the grey Librando who's on there right now, he goes on every day. <laughs> You've got uh, Farrier's hard at work work here, and I think we could uh, actually hear them working out here, Michaela. Art of farriery. Never tire of that sound and the smell that the farrier brings to the yard. Nobody ever complains about that, do they? That is true. (laughs) All right, let's go down the other end. But before we do, I want to just go back to your treadmills because you said this is a family business. Yes, it is. And what you see here, we have three that haven't been uh, delivered to clients yet. So they're, they're sitting here. So, yeah, on top of horses and barn and trailers and whatnot here we uh, also have storage for our treadmills and uh, you've got the paddocks out but you've got a canal running behind you we have uh, three paddocks out here uh, by the water and then we have four paddocks out in the front um, next to the riding arena and that's right alongside wellington trace i'm going to ask you about these canals around here michaela are there really alligators in there oh yes tons of them Uh, you're saying that with a smile on your face you're serious though I am serious, and we, we, you know, for us it's a big deal with the alligators. We always think it's really exciting, and and we always look, always looking for them. Of course, I do not want my little dogs to uh, swim in the canal because I know then I will lose them eventually. But um, but they 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 don't they don't go there. So thank God for that. But I know that my neighbor a couple of years ago he said he had a six foot alligator on his patio, so and he, that was right in there. So. And that was when one of my dogs was a puppy. And he said, keep that puppy on a leash because we had a huge one on the patio. But I have never seen one here. I've lived here for two years in this, at this facility and I have never uh, seen an alligator. Oh, really? They don't pop their head out the water and just check uh, to see if there's any uh, supper waiting for them on the banks? Well, they, they might, but I, haven't, I always look for them, but I haven't seen any. And you've got your wash racks over here, too. That's the beauty of Florida, isn't it, Michele? You can do so much outdoors. Yes, it's wonderful, especially in the wintertime. In the summer, it can be a little tough uh, going outside to to host the horses down because you just really want to get them out of the sun when they're off work. But we host them down, and uh, and then we bring them inside and put them in front of a fan and with ice boots on and... And then they get comfortable right away. But yes, it, in the winter time, it's it's lovely, and the horses enjoy it. 
Well, we're going to make our way back down the centre aisle here of Michaela's uh, barn, and she's going to tell us about her competition plans, uh, what's coming up next, Michaela, because you've got this fabulous new Global Dressage Festival facility right in your back garden. How about that? I know. It's it's pretty amazing. It's it's really, really close. It's just five minutes from the farm, and and uh, I, I, um, I'm going to be showing there in two weeks. I believe they have the next show. What entries do you have and what classes will you be competing in? Well, I hate to say too much now, but uh, but I, my goal was actually to bring my lady out in the Grand Prix at that horse show. Oh, okay. All right. So we're going to have to talk to you after that and see how my lady went, aren't we? <laughs> yes, if we decide to go. I'm a little bit of a chicken. It's it's a big step to do the first Grand Prix. So um, I'll see, I'll see uh, if... If I feel ready. All right. Well, the horses will tell you, won't they? That's that's how it is. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, can we find you online anywhere, Michaela? Where where can we uh, tell people to go to find out more about Michaela Gunderson? I have a website. It's called WellingtonDressageHorses.com, and I'm not really good at updating it, but there is some information about me and lots of photos and some videos of me riding Leonberg at the Masters a few years ago, and um, yeah, there's some stuff there to look at. All right. Well, we'll put a link to that on our website, as always. And I want to thank you, Michaela, for hosting us uh, today here in your beautiful facility in Wellington. Thank you very much. Well, JJ, you know, there there must be some way of knowing how many horses are here, what it does to the economy here for Wellington in terms of what polo brings, what Mm -hmm. dressage brings, what what jumping brings here. Um, But it's also the social environment you have. I mean... There is no shortage of fun for oh, you guys. It is unbelievable. I mean, first off, there's not a lot of places on earth that you can go grocery shopping in your riding pants yes. and not be looked at strangely. So <laughs> that in itself is awesome. <laughs> but then, I mean, I was just driving home the other night and my friend was visiting and we're driving down uh, South Shore and all of a sudden there's a polo. There's a polo game at like six o'clock. And right. so I was laughing with her and I'm like, yeah, and then if we get bored after dinner, we can go to a polo game. You know, usually that's reserved for Sundays, but it's incredible. There are, you know, it's so small in the town and so just everyone is here that, I mean, you can run into riders and, you know, that's where so much is, it it happens. I mean, even just over dinner, over a drink, horse deals are made. Yes. I've got a dressage horse that doesn't want to do dressage. Can are you a good, you know, a friend of mine's a jump rider. Maybe right. you could come and look at it. I mean, it's just this incredible network of people that, you know, really are share the same drive to do it because it, it isn't easy to pack everything up and have another business down here. Although it you know, it feels we are all incredibly lucky to be down here in the sunshine and the horse, you know, horse loving community. But I mean, it's it's difficult to you know leave some of your business behind and move down here and rent find some place to rent and I mean it's it's a lot of organization, and you know so we're all sort of at that same intensity level no matter what sport you do whether it's polo or hunters or jumpers or dressage it's like everyone has committed that much to it and to be sort of in this community with these people it's it's just really fun so there's always something going on in the evenings you know fundraising i mean tonight we're going to go to the equestrian aids foundation i mean it's just there's never a dull moment down here (laughs) there's the players club there as you say there's all kinds of uh, social activities and you walk into any restaurant and you know there are riders from different disciplines and that's the nice thing is this cross sort of pollination as you said of you know the dressage and the jumping community absolutely polo community so you know it's good for sport especially mm-hmm. as you say if you've got a dressage horse right that you, that actually would be better off jumping yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly it's a, it's amazing or you know just anything you know about you know i have a, a question about a horse's uh lameness you know and you know a lot of times i've asked uh, allison springer's one of my event uh students and she's just top-notch really really top-notch and so a lot of times i'll be like so how, how long do you leg your horse up? You know, uh, how long should I hack him down the street and should I trot on the hard ground? And so it's fun to even ask another professional sure. from another sport, hey, how would you manage this? Or if you did a jumping um, gymnastic, you know, you know, little uh, gymnastic fences, how big would you make it? How far apart? Could you come over and help me with it? You know, I mean, it's just, 
so much stuff at your fingertips as far as any equipment, any kind of feed store, any kind of training, anyone to help you. I mean, it's just just an incredible, incredible yeah, place. Yeah, the, the ancillary industries are not most of all, of course, the, the veterinary facilities yeah. at your disposal. Yeah. disposal that's wonderful. Well, it, you know, it's been tough uh, being down here, JJ. So when, when do you actually head north? Well, Richard would really like me to say April 1st. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, every year, I swear, we come, we come earlier and stay longer because, you know, it does get a little bit hot, uh, you know, in, in April and a little more buggy than it is during the winter, winter season. But, you know, we also go home to, like, muddy paddocks and rain and so you know usually uh it's around mid-april and sometimes uh, it's a little later than that but you know it, like everybody you kind of just start to come down earlier and stay longer because why not why you know not? it's just yeah. uh, it's just an amazing place down uh, here and home of course is in maryland yeah which uh, i run my business out of scott hassler's um river edge uh, West Barn, which is right across the street from the main facility. So Harmony Sport Horses uh, owns all the property, but uh, Hassler Dressage, uh, so Scott and Suzanne Hassler and I all shared the facility for a couple summers, and now they've moved next door to the main property, and we still have um, the 20-stall barn across the street. Uh, with, I mean, it's that's one of the things I really miss the most is the huge, beautiful turnouts, you know, that you uh. just can't... I mean, we do a pretty good job. I find turnout for all horses really, really important and really healthy for their legs. And so in, in Wellington terms, we have a lot of turnout. And I have a priority of getting all the horses out of their stalls quite a bit. But there's just nothing. You just There's just not enough space to have these big, beautiful fields uh, down here. So that's the one thing. I Besides my husband, uh, I really miss a lot about not being up north. So then it's kind of fun to get up north and let the horses kind of stretch their legs and run around the field a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I bet they appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Well, it's the best of both worlds, isn't it? JJ? It sure is. It, it is. sure is. And it's been really tough being down here for me, you know. <laughs> just say, we will kidnap you and keep you down here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be heading back north to the studio next week, um, but I've really, really enjoyed my visit down here to Wellington and uh, take a look at uh, some of the dressage facilities here. The convenient thing, uh, JJ, for me, not just coming down to see the shows, I was at the Masters, of course, and then visiting the global dressage festival but being able to just pop out and go and talk to people at home yeah. like coming yeah. over to your facility is just so convenient so maybe if anybody's listening back in the studio maybe we should have a second home down here don't i think? i highly recommend that yeah. i think that would be uh, your best should, choice yeah we should work on that jj <laughs> i think so too and we're going to get you back on the show hopefully before you head north again you can well, tell us when you come back down and visit right. definitely <laughs> Well, it's been great catching up with you down here. Great oh, to see you. Yeah. I'm so happy you were able to come over. And, and what fun doing a show live and in person. Yeah, I know. Just it's, do it over the phone. Exactly. It's kind of fun. It's a different dynamic. but it's, It it's, is totally different It's dynamic. fun. You do a great job on the show. We love having you. And we'll get you back uh, whilst you're down here in Florida. And you can tell me what I'm missing when I go back to Kentucky. <laughs> exactly. All right. The warm weather, for sure. That for sure. <laughs> All right, JJ. Well, I will be back, of course, uh, with actually another story from Wellington, Florida, as I head back north uh, to catch up with some eventing on my way home, and I will be bringing you another at-home feature of another well-known Scandinavian rider, so stay tuned for that next week on the show. Until then, uh, well, that about wraps it up for us this week, JJ. Great. Well, thank you very much again for having me on, and everyone should come for a visit to Wellington. <laughs> I think we've tempted them, haven't we? <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, I'll be back at the same time, same place next week. So until then, thank you all for listening.